You're watching Profile Pod TV with Double A. And always remember to take it easy. What's up, Profile Pod TV listeners? Chris here, and you might recognize my voice from numerous guest appearances on Profile Pod TV. But if you don't, that's okay. I'm here to tell you to come check out my podcast. It's called The Kickback. I do it with three of my closest friends, Jesse, Abe, and Louie. We sit back, drink a couple beers, talk about some embarrassing stories, talk about our lives, talk about what's going on in the world, and we try to make light of it. We try to make you laugh. We try to get you to forget about everything crazy that's going on in the world. So if you think that's for you, come check us out. We also do interviews as well. If you want to listen to an interview from a professional athlete or a comedian, someone in the entertainment business, we got that here too. So come check us out. Go to our Instagram at the Kickback Podcast LA. You can see all of our hilarious clips. If you click the link in our bio, you can listen to full episodes of the Kickback Podcast. So come check us out. Other than that, back to the show. Welcome to Profile Pod TV. We are back for another spectacular episode of the pod. Another one here. I'm Double A, your host of the evening, man. And um, just wanted to real quick say that uh, we are on the Social Nostra Network as well. And go check out the Social Nostra Network. If you're looking for a podcast, we have a variety of podcasts. You can catch us on YouTube, uh, IG Live. And now, huge announcement, huge exclusive I haven't even told my man right here yet. We are on Roku. If you have Roku, if you know what Roku is, it's a streaming device, you know, and uh, we're on Pod TV. Go check out Pod TV, not to be confused with Profile Pod TV, but Pod TV, man. So this is huge for us, huge for the network. So we're excited about that. So if you're looking for a podcast that's going to give you a lot of exposure, you want to come to Profile Pod TV as part of the Social Nostra Network. So, yeah, big, big thing there. As, uh, we head into Roku on Pod TV, so check us out. Um, we have another great episode, another outstanding guest uh, for you tonight. Uh, before we get to our guest, real quick, don't forget to subscribe on Profile Pod TV right here, and um, uh, click on the on your on the logo there at the bottom right hand corner of your screen. Uh, leave me a rate review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Clubhouse, Twitter, all that good stuff. So. Uh, just to get uh, some of those housekeeping items out of the way. Um, so let's let's get into our our, our uh, guest of the evening, special guest of the evening. My man is a stand-up comedian. He hails out of Baldwin Park, California. Um, he's got a great great story to tell, man. He's he's done. A, he has a fascinating story. He's uh, I mean, you know, he's really really been through through some stuff in life. And he's an inspiration because now he's really, again, making waves in the in the stand-up comedy world and the stand-up individual as, as well. And I'm, I'm pleased to have him here for the very first time on Profile Pod TV right here with Double A. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Victor Zapata, a.k.a. Young Beeves Comedy. What's what cracking? What's cracking? What's cracking? everybody. Hopefully, we a few day. Uh, comedy, uh, born and raised in the city, 
perfect to send him much love and respect to all the raza, anybody in the struggle, anybody just out there on these platforms, man. This is the new age fucking to go, you know, if you're having a bad day, good day, you need some motivation, you just you just need some fucking pep in your step, you know, bam, just podcast, you know, and what better way to start off with us, you know, our culture, our raza, you know, our roots. Ah, man, that is absolutely, brother. I can't say that better myself, man. No, it, it's a, it's a it's a new age, right? Like you said, Victor. It's a you know the the what do they call it? The um, global village, bro. Global village, and man, exactly. everybody's connected now so easily, bro. So easily, man. So thanks. Yeah. Like uh, you know, back in the days, it was yellow pages and all this shit. Like now, it's all you know, everything technology. Like boom. You know, every every year I feel like we're going up one more G. It's one G, two Gs. Now we're at five Gs. Like, five man, G's. Man, what's next? Ten Gs. They're gonna be two gangster. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I want to see ten Gs in my bank account. I'll take that. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, that's what I'm. Hey, that's what I'm trying to get. You know what I mean? Right? I, I'm really struggling trying to keep one G in there. You know, everything's <laughs> so expensive, man. Like, I swear Dude. to God, I put ten dollars of gas the other days. Like. You can't even check your fucking Instagram messages because boom, it's finished. Like really, like what the hell is this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, money, it, it don't go the same no more, man. No, 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 man. Especially here in California, brother. But you know, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, Victor, man, I want to thank you so much for being here, bro. Taking the time, man. I, I've been meaning, a, I've been looking forward to this particular episode, man, for a while. You know, I've I've heard a couple of your episodes you've done another podcast and uh yeah man like i said you have a fascinating story uh you've been through some stuff man and um you know through experience in life you know one gains a lot of wisdom you know yes. and uh, you learn lessons in life man adversity teaches us a lot of stuff about ourselves man um tell us a little bit about before we go on victor tell us a little bit about yourself man what, what you're up to these days and let the good people know bro Okay, so pretty much uh, this this uh, week on Friday, I have a, a it's gonna be a big show. It's sponsored by Comedy Central, uh, the Conan O'Brien show, yesterday Jimmy Fallon. So what it's like, like you know how they do the whole talent scout type of thing. So they're they're pretty much scouting for different kind of comedy because you know nowadays like uh, there's 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 a lot of similar comedy. You know, there's dark comedy or like uh, I was say like the bad day at work type of comedy and i feel like my comedy is different because like every time i go to a show people always think like oh this was gonna talk like about some stuff but the thing is they don't expect me to come with the background that i come with you know like if i talk about let's say keystring something it's because i've done it you know or if i talk about yeah. like hiding drugs or or whatever it may be you know i always speak from like whatever experience you know experience and i yes and i feel like that's what distinguishes me from other uh comedians because a lot of comedians they're they're sitting here writing which i don't knock that because i feel like writing and uh any kind of extra curricular um activity that you stick to and and like pretty much follow you get better right but yeah, i've yeah. always felt that the more truthful the more people relate you know it's like, uh, I always give the example, you know, when Bill Clinton got his, you know, he got hooked up in the White House. We, I, I, you can I, say I it, bro. Go ahead and say it, bro. You know what I mean? Okay, well, he got head, you know. I was sympathized. Like, man, he's getting his dick sucked. Like, hell yeah, I'm getting my dick sucked too. You know, like, I feel like we can relate to these people. And I feel like that's why, you know, the media does that. Because they want us to be like, oh, man, he's just like me. You know, like, that was over there getting caught cheating just like me. And I feel like that's uh, what people want to hear, you know. 
and it's cool for different aspects, but I've, I mean, I've tried different styles of comedy and like, I, I, it just didn't feel like me. I felt too robotic or I just felt fake. And I, and I, like, I felt like it wasn't coming out naturally. So now I just, whatever's on my mind, you know, if I'm having a bad day at work or if, you know, whatever the case may be, if I'm acting crazy with my kids or my kids are giving me a hard time, you know, cause I have two daughters, you know, whatever it is, I just let it flow from that, you know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it works out. You said you have three daughters? I have uh, two daughters. Yeah, oh, two, okay. Was, yes. I was okay. I, have, I have three daughters, so I was like, oh, hey. yeah. So you, you. you know, we're on the same boat. Yeah, with the daughters, really? it's like when they were little, I could, you know, rest them like little homies and stuff, but now they're big, and, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, God damn, man, you need to stop growing, man. I, I know, it's man. Cool, though, like, right? It's a cool experience, man. Totally different. I know, man. I look, I think sometimes I think, like, God, why, why did you give me, you know, I mean, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, because you know man. they say they say that, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> Why did you do but this? It, I mean, it's cool. I, I mean, uh, I, I can't compare it to nothing. I can't. I can't compare being a parent to anything. You know, like no. I've had you know like party scenes. I've lived in a lot of crazy environments, and you know sometimes it's like the other day we were playing miniature golf, and I'm like, damn, I would have never pictured myself like all banged out because I still just like a homie, you know, because I feel like I embrace my culture. Yeah. It's who I am, you know. And um, I'm over here playing miniature golf and shit, trying to make it into a Ferris wheel or something, you know. But it's cool though. It's it's it's. I feel like it's <laughs> me, you know, and it's where I should be. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Hey, tell tell me, how, how did you get the name uh, Young Beeves, man? Okay, so the the whole name, my actual gang name, that's my gang name is is oh, Beaver. So I got the name because uh, when I was growing up, my uncle. He's uh, my mom's uh, like they're they're cousins, but you know how in Mexico they say primos hermanos. Yeah. So they're primos hermanos, and um, my uncle used to always call me Beaver. So my mom and everybody, all my family started calling me that. And, you know, growing up, I was like, fuck, that's an ugly-ass name. Like, I don't want that shit. You know, <laughs> not even as a family name. And when I started kicking with my homies when I was, like, 11, 12 years old, uh, my, my homies, because I was trying to be, like, sharky or goofy or, or, like, something cool. You know, like, homies want, you want, like, a cool name, you know, because that's going to be you forever, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, you. When, when people started hearing other people calling me Beaver, they're like, hey, what's up, Beaver? And I'm like, oh. Man, this is some bullshit, <laughs> but it's stuck, you know. And and what's weird uh, is that you don't really run into that many beavers. I run into like beaver from Playboys, beaver from Colton. And for some reason, when you run into somebody else named Beaver, like uh, it's kind of weird. But I feel like you sympathize. Like, damn, we both got that fucked up name, huh? And they'll be like, yeah, what's up? And we become close, you know. Oh Crazy. no, shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they, cool. they didn't feel the same like way. A, like a little beaver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. Beaver Fraternity, yeah, like a little exclusive yeah, exactly. club, you know, man. It's cool, it's young. Because there's not that many, like you said, there's not that many. So when in you do my whole one... life, I only, Yeah, yeah, in my whole life, I only met uh, Beaver from 22nd, Playboys, Cam, maybe like five my whole life. Okay. Yeah, that's that yeah, dude, not that's, that many. Yeah. No. That's pretty exclusive, you know, we the elite, you know what I'm saying? No, exactly. But, uh, exactly. yeah, it's it's, yeah. It's, it's, cool, it's cool, though, you know? Yeah, man. So your your story begins in in Baldwin Park, man. You grew up in Baldwin yeah. Park. Uh, tell us a little bit of what what was it like growing up there in in, in BP, man. So so pretty much, uh, like I was I was I was born in LA, but I was raised in Baldwin Park, you know. And uh -huh. like I was always I was always exposed to like because you know the nineties, the eight, like late eighties, early nineties, everybody was all into that homie thing. Like oh, it was yeah. the the thing, you know, to be a homie, you know, like. Really, there wasn't no like now, like now they have emos and God. And I mean, they no. had it, 
but it wasn't really trending as much as just being a homie. And plus, it was around everywhere. You know, every street corner there was a hood or, and, and yeah. not even hoods, but there was like just like a little block of set of people. You know, for and, sure. Um, yeah, so like I said, I was exposed to that at a young age, and uh, like at a young age, I knew I wanted to be a homie. Like, it, and it, it sounds kind of ignorant to say, but I mean, now I, I don't trip on it, you know, because I embraced it. But back then, it was like, man, I want to be a homie. Like, just just the idea of being part of something greater than me, you know, something that like where you feel belongs, like you feel respected, you feel like just a sense of camaraderie and family, you know, which because most of us don't come from that that good mm. family environment you know yeah yeah was that all you like uh, i mean you were around that um activity and uh, that environment uh, i mean was is it safe to say that's i mean that's pretty much all you knew growing up yeah so pretty much when i was when i was young that's pretty that was pretty much it you know because all my cousins from if it wasn't from my neighborhood they were from a different neighborhood like 18th street ms temple street you know so like i was exposed to that young you know and oh, it, it yeah. didn't seem it didn't seem like out of the ordinary, you know, people dressing like homies or tattoos, you know, people were scared. But like me at a young age, like, let's say, like my daughter's 10, 11, I was already like, oh, I want to be a homie, you know, I and see. It, it's it's a dumb way of thinking. But, you know, that's that's how we used to think, you know, right. right, like right, our, right. our brains were wired like that. You know, it's not only me, but plenty of other kids that grew up like me, you know. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, so in, uh, did you go through high school? Were you still in Baldwin Park going through high school? Yeah. So I never really went to high school or nothing like that. I actually just went to, I started getting busted when I was like maybe 11, 12 ish. And, uh-huh. um, because like I said, I was like, I was always kicking it, you know, I was always kicking it with, it wasn't with my cousins. I was kicking it with my homies, you know? And like I said, most of all my homies, like I'm from a small neighborhood, I'm from Baldwin Park and there's different sides, but my side is small. Like we're a very, like, you know how there's other gangs that they don't know each other's homies and they're like, oh, I think I know him. Like, people yeah. that are from my neighborhood, like, I know you. Like, if you know me, I know you, you know? Or For or sure. either I went to school with your mom or your cousin. We're a very small, tight-knit community, you know? Gotcha, so, gotcha. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I grew up in that neighborhood and I never really went to school too much because I was always kicking it with um, with my homies. And, and mainly it, it was because of my family, my, my parental structure, my home was real strict, you know, because they seen who we were around and they didn't want us to be like that. You know, most parents are like, oh, I'll beat his ass. Because, you know, as a kid, that yeah. was normal. Nowadays, you can't do that. It's like child abuse. And right. you know, back in my days, you were getting fucked up, you know. So we got <laughs> fucked up. So at a certain age, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get spanked. I'm just going to fucking not come home for like two days. So that's oh. what started making me be like, fuck that. You know, I'm going to get fucked up no matter what. And little by little, I feel that I became more and more and more, like, just in, entwined in that life, you know? And, and yeah. I feel, I, and I can't say fell victim to it because it was something that I walked in willingly. And you, cho- you chose it. You chose it. Exactly. I could say unknowingly because I didn't know the consequences were to that extent and they were that severe, you know? Because as uh-huh. an eleven-year-old kid, you're partying, you're drinking beer for the first time. That's that's when I was exposed to that. By the time I was twelve, going thirteen, I was in and out of juvenile hall, foster placement, uh-huh. and then I head to uh and, and it's it's weird because anybody who's been in these uh in these institutions know that each phase it's a different phase in 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 what's gonna mold you to I what I describe as the person you're eventually gonna be. You know, whether it's a drug user for life, a gang member mm. for life, 
psychopaths, whatever. It could, you could be a success story. But I feel like these phases are what make you who you are, you know? No and doubt, I went no from, yeah, yeah. I, w- I went from juvenile hall, which was just all fighting and really no structure, no direction, to camp where it was more disciplined, more the staff controlled it. And uh, like I said, I, I kept going in and out of jail. And, and, but it was a lot of it was my fault, but a lot of it wasn't my fault because it was, you know, as you know, we the society that we we grew up in, as uh, whether you want to describe yourself or be able to label yourself as Mexican, Latino, Hispanic, whatever you you want to pretty much tag yourself to be or or claim your ethnic race to be, right. um, we we were we were singled out, you know, because my generation was what I call the Pete Wilson generation. You know, this was oh, a yeah. generation. Exactly, that was getting struck out like at 13, 12, 14, you know, and right, right, that's right. what happened to me, you know. I, I got a, my first strike as a kid, and yeah. what's crazy is that when you're a kid, they don't explain you this shit. They don't tell you that this shit's going to haunt you for life. They no. don't tell you that it's going to pretty much, like, going to start a, a cycle that's so hard to break because that's one thing I noticed. For my entire life, I'm already 38 years old and I'm still on parole and probation, you know, and I got mm. on that shit when I was 12, you know, wow. and um, yeah. like I said, I don't blame nobody but myself, but I do acknowledge now that I was, it was like a setup, you know, and if I was smarter, like I am now, back then, I would make different choices, but at the end of the day, it's like I had made that choice to be that, and uh, I mean, it just took me to different phases of, of the whole jail system. You know, like I said, I went to YA. YA was a crazy ass, uh, a crazy experience for me because that's when I was really exposed to like uh, race, race on race, uh, like fighting, um, right. a lot of, a lot of like foul, like, like cop on inmate beatings. There was a lot of like predator sexual like acts going on, people right. getting violated, Damn. you know, and as a kid, you don't, you don't imagine that, you know, and I, and that's one thing I always tell kids now, like, man, be grateful that you didn't go through that, you know, because this kind of shit, like, fucks up a lot of people. I know a lot of homies that I was in YA with to this day that fucking still use because of the trauma they endured, you know, and oh, it's not man. about being weak-minded, it's just about coping with it different, you know, you know how it is, you know. Definitely, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much, yeah. You, you know, what's interesting... So like I said, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Victor. No, no, I was going to say, no, man... No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, continue, continue, continue. Yeah, yeah, I know. What's interesting is that you grew up in a... Your parents are, were together, right? Uh, yeah, so, home. I mean, there's, there's and, more to it, but it was, it was, like, I was raised in a home that... I mean, it was, dysfun- it was a dysfunctional home, but like I said, I never really put light on it or... or because it, I can't say... It was the worst of homes, but it was in aspect. It did take part of why it became the way I become. And like I said, mm. there's certain things that I never touched on because, like, you know, that's like I know that's certain things lead back to my upbringing, you know. I see. But I it's see. like, you know how they say when you go to therapy, uh-huh. I would always trip out because they would tell me in therapy, like, hey, this leads because of, you know, you're real. Because I don't have a dad, you know. My I was raised by a stepdad, and there was a lot of conflict between me and that whole remarriage thing, and just you know oh, because yeah. you yeah, feel yeah. like you're not treated the same. You know what I, I mean? I get and it. Man. You're not in some aspects. In some aspects, you know what I mean? Right. Like I, said, right. I don't. I don't share. I, I don't shine light on it because I don't ever want people to blame my parents for the way I turned out. Because at the end of the day, 
I, I, I committed those crimes. I did mm -hmm. the things I did, you know? Yeah. And, you know, they just did the best they could, you know? And that's why I always tell people, because a lot of therapists would be like, oh, you know, that's your parents' fault. Like, they did you like that. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it is. But I feel like at the end to of the day, extent. I'm the one that... Exactly. You can't sit here and blame these people because parents only parent a child the way they know. And if you, you know, who, who has all the answers? Nobody has the answers. No. They were just no. trying to keep me off the streets, you know? Yeah, no, no doubt, Victor. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. So, um, so now, you know, all those experiences, man, you, you were system or you were incarcerated uh, about 20 years, right? Grand total. Uh, 20 plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 plus. Total like 20 plus, yeah. Because I went to yeah. I went to YA, I went to county, I went to prison, and like I said, it's 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 like something that I I it's sad, but I strive to be that person, you know, like, because I felt like that was my calling, you know. I felt like mm. I felt you, like you were all you, know, you were you find, all in, you were yeah, totally yeah, committed, exactly. you were all in. Nobody was exactly. telling you differently, right? No, and it's weird because I would see people go into the system struggle with like addictions or and the thing is I have problems too, but I'm very discreet about my problems. And I would be like, damn, how is it that I'm not in that situation? So little by little, you know what they say is like whatever you do repeatedly, you become a master. Right? You become like a master of your craft, you know, and for yeah. years manipulating the system, manipulating people, committing crimes or just different kinds of criminal, like, elements. That's what I lived on. You know, I lived by a certain code. And, like, I, I didn't feel, I didn't see nothing wrong with it because you know how they say that you, some people find peace in the midst of chaos. And that was me. I was never pressured. I never felt like, oh, my God. You know, I always thought, like, you know what? I got this. I got to step back. And it just seemed natural. It, natural to the point where, I could I could comfort somebody and be like, hey, my boy, like, don't trip. I know you're a little panicked. Like, look, this is going to stay between us. Like, I got you, fool. Like, we'll go take yeah. care of this. And, and I learned little by little how to be better at what I did, you know. And it, it's fucked up. But in reality, like, I don't regret it. Like I said, I, I in, all, in all my podcasts, I always tell people, like, I don't regret what I went through or what I did for the uh -huh. sim simple reason that, you know what? I, I don't feel it was something bad. I, I mean, it, it was a waste of time in an aspect where, yeah, I didn't get a degree. Yeah, I don't get no benefits. I'm not collecting Social Security off these years I spent in prison. But you know mm. what? Like, it kept me alive. You know? It, um, a lot of my homeboys oh. or friends are, are super doped out right now or fucked up in the head or, you know, can't deal with life. And even though I have my insecurities and my fears, I know how to deal with life. I can dust myself off and pick myself up and at the end of the day it gave me a sense of being humble it's it gave me a sense of taking pride in my in my culture and just uh like i'll give an example when i go to work every day you know i might have the shittiest day in, in at home but the minute i get off my car it's like game face you know what i'm not gonna go out there and take it on somebody i'm just gonna be like hey how you guys doing buenos yeah. dias buenos dias that all comes from being in prison you know mm. being under a certain like let's say magnifying glass where somebody's watching you and right. you know how they say the more you practice something the more it becomes a part of your persona you know so that's why even though i'm on high alert for like fake people and different shit yeah. i i can sense when a person's real or and at the end of the day i always offer everybody my genuine like opinion like hey are you good you know you're going through some stuff 
you know, if somebody messages me, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, I always message back, hey, how you doing? Are you good? You know, yeah. and, and that all, when you're in jail, you're locked down 23 hours. And if somebody has movement, they're, they're, they're real homies will check up on you and be like, hey, homie, are you good in there? Like, do you need anything? Like, and I feel like the overall idea is good, you know? We can use it in a different, in a positive way, you know? And, th and that's what I do now, you know? Absolutely, I, man. It, I preach it in a different way. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the way you framed it, man, because you've been through some adversity. You've been through a lot of adversity in your life. Yeah, a lot. And you have every excuse to say, you know what, F this. Fuck everybody. Fuck F the, the world. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know? But you know what? I don't. At the end of the day, yeah, you, you're, you're continuing to, to um, you know, be positive. You know, you're moving yeah. forward. And... Um, you know, what do you think, though, uh, Victor? That what was that moment, man, where you you just really said, "Man, I need to I need to turn my life around. I, I need to I need to get into myself together." Talk a little bit about that moment, or was it kind of a gradual process for you? I um, I, I feel how, I, how was I that? like uh, okay. So what I believe as um, like I always I always talk to people, whether it's like in prison, on the streets, at the workplace, even if it's my kids. I always tell people, you know, learning is not something you just stop. I feel like your entire life, you're going to be learning, yeah. you know. And I feel, you know, there's, I, I love reading. I love quotes. And there's a quote that I read that says, I don't fear a man who practices a thousand kicks. I fear a man who practices one kick a thousand times. So what I got out of that quote is the fact that you can practice electricity, you can practice psychological psychology, you could practice, you know, a bunch of different things, you know, whether it's religion, whatever you want to practice. Uh -huh. But if you don't really like apply yourself to it and live by it, then it's like it's pointless. You know, you're you know how they say, you know, sharpen the, the knife a thousand times and then just cut once instead yeah. of cutting a thousand times and sharpening, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I feel. That's how I always looked at life, you know? And and I apply it to my kids. Like, I tell them, you know, my daughter, she just had a a, a thing at, at school, right? And she's like, I hate history and all this, right? And I was like, you know what? If you don't acknowledge that history, even though it's not, you know, because I don't have nothing against white people or no other race, but I do feel that as, um, let's say, Latino community, you know, if if... if if we want to just throw it out there like that, like as a as a Mexican culture or our cultura, I yeah. feel like we don't get enough light mm -hmm. shed on our culture. You know, I feel, and, and you know, my daughter was asking me about that, you know? She's oh, like, wow. what does that history have to do with me? And, oh. you know, it was about the whole railroads and all that, right? And yeah. I told her, did you know that a lot of those railroads were built by us, Latinos? Yeah. Uh -huh. Latinos no came to the United States, exactly. And they're fucking working out there, you know? And there was these other races that were getting paid more money and we were fucking doing all the work, you know? And it's fucked up. And even to this day, we're still in that vicious cycle. But it's not that we're yeah. ignorant or we're dumb or we work for less. It's just the fact that we're a very humble, a, a very humble culture that's eager to excel. And, you know, like I always, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I always tell people, you know, they say, you know what, uh, you know, this, these other races go to college and they get educated, whatever. That's cool. But, you know, we need education. Knowledge is power. But I admire a man, let's say, who starts from the ground up as a paletero 
because a paletero, let's say, is going to strive harder than yeah. somebody who's sitting at home, living with his parents, you know, worry-free, worry bill-free. You know why? Because he has that enabled. He's enabled. A person who has nothing is yeah. going to work harder, you know? He's not going to take no as an answer, you know? And, and I admire people who strive. I don't knock nobody. I don't, I don't hate on nobody. If you're succeeding, hey, more power to you, you know? 100%, bro, 100%. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to get your opinion on something, Victor. Like, so, you know, I've, seen, I've met individuals who, you know, who grew up in the hood and they lived in yeah. whatever, whatever it was, right? Mm -hmm. Environment. And uh, they kind of, uh, they were, they kind of stayed out of that lifestyle, man. What's your opinion on that situation, bro, on that scenario? You know, like, what do you think like staying away from it, like getting away? Completely away from it. They, you know, they go on to college. They, they go on yeah, have yeah. completely I, different I, life. More, more power to them. I, 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 I admire change. You know why? Because like I've always told people, they'll be like, oh, you know, only suckers change and you only suckers look for God. And in reality, I always tell them, you know, the real suckers is somebody who's scared of change. Like me, I, I admit it, I am scared of change. You know why? Because majority of us as men, we don't want to change. Like we don't want to get our comforts, our, our comfort zone. You know, like I like yeah. wearing Levi's because I know I look good in Levi's. I want to wear pro clubs. I like looking bald. Like I'm scared to do a fucking comb over, you know, you know, and that's that's me as a man admitting it, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. um, and it's just the way that our, I feel like our mind is wired. And when I see people who like my homeboy, I just ran into my homeboy Flacco at Disneyland. He had a fucking X-Men shirt and a fucking comb over. And, you know, he looked at me <laughs> like, what's up, my boy? And I told him, you know, more power too. That's 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 fucking credit. Though. I give bottles credit. They are changing. You know, mm -hmm. because even though I'm gradually changing, it just everybody changes at their own pace. And if you uh, could find God, if you could find a career, if you want to go to school, more power to you. You know, because like I said, knowledge is power. You know, our educational, our education should be like on the top of our list. And, and, and the thing is, most people get it messed up to where they feel like, oh, I got to go to Stanford, which is cool. Go to Stanford. But right, you, right, could, right. you could learn the same shit at a community college, you know, you could learn. It's like, there's a saying that's a prison that says, it's not where you've been, it's what you learned. And I feel like even though that's a jail philosophy, it's it, it applies to life, you know, because you could come from wealth, but you could be poor as fucking yeah. mentality. Yeah. You could be poor as fucking your mentality, but you're wealthy in here, you know? And, and that's what we give our kids. Like, I think about that every day. Like, what legacy am I going to leave from my daughters, you know? Like, are they going to look back and be like, you know, he was a good man. He was a good father. Like, like those are the things I think of, you know. And I feel like we all have to think about that. Oh, yeah, man. No, I, that's a great point, man. You know, uh, you just said something that really just hit me, man. Uh, you know, because someone could be wealthy on the outside and just yeah. completely, you know, dark on the inside, man. And going through yeah. shit and, you know, they, what happens in your mind you know, I think is um, that the mind is so powerful, man. So it powerful. Is. I think we underestimate really, it. What's that? We underestimate our mind. Like, that's one thing I learned is uh, I even tell my kids, like, you know, like you, whatever you think, you, you become, you know, you're a product of your thoughts. And like exactly. years ago, I read a book. It's called Thoughts Become Things. And I, mm. the first time I read this book, I was like, this is stupid as fuck. This is dumb. <laughs> I, threw it, I threw it. But once I went, you know, I, I picked it up again and I started reading. I was like, man, this is, it's real. Because yeah, yeah. if you think you're no good or, or you're worthless, you become worthless. 
You know, there's a there's a Where would you put your mind? like I like I said, I love reading. Exactly, exactly. And I love to read and um oh, you yeah? know how everybody like right now I feel like I live okay, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but we all say like one of my sayings, if you know me, is like, man, I can't wait to win the lottery, I can't wait to stumble on that money, right? I uh, say that joking around, but because I feel like I like I said, I read this book, right? And I it really I it really soaked in. Because when I read it, it said, you know what? If they were to get all the money in the world, right, from all the millionaires, all the wealthy people, Bill Gates, all these top dogs, vatos, right, and they were to give it to all the middle class and all the poor people, all that money, no matter how long it took them to get it from them to us, it would wind up in their hands again. Because they already know the the medicine, like the the pretty much the recipe for success, and we don't know yeah. it. We'll squander yeah. it away on bullshit, and they'll get it again. So it's weird how they pretty much said in that book that all the money would end up in their hands again. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, man, I, I, that's uh, interesting, man. It's uh, yeah, yeah. you know that's why they're. I mean, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you, but um, you know I mean? but yeah, man, with everything that you've been through, man, and now you know, you, you know, you're you're, you're you know, you're, you're working, you got your family, and now you're doing stand-up comedy, man. You're doing yeah. stand-up comedy, bro. That's crazy. Talk, tell us how in the heck did you get into that world, bro? What, like, what, tell us that. It's weird. Like, okay, so pretty much, like I said, I've always had a sense of humor because, like I said, I come from, from jail, you know, and, and when you have nothing, you always look for the bright side, you know, like, Let's say if you just get one baloney, you're like, fuck it, you know, it's less fat for me. You know, you always look for something positive. And I, I love that. that. I love that how you spin it. Right? You know always. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, most people be like, oh, fuck, man, I only got one cookie. But then you're like, fuck it, you know, you keep diabetes away. So yeah, you there you go. By little, yeah, yeah. So long story short, like, uh, I always had a good sense of humor, you know? Growing up, my kids have my sense of humor. Like, everybody who knows me knows I always joke around. So at work, I fuck around a lot. You know, I always joke around with coworkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I feel like you, you're there eight hours, you know? So might as well kill time. So yeah, some fun, long man. story short, I'm at work, and um, they sign me up for open mic, and I don't even know, right? I go to this open mic, and it's at the Sunset Room, and uh, they call my name, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are they calling my name? And they're like, go. So I go up, and then um, I just fell in love. I fell in love with... Uh, just the reactions of people and I'm and people are like, man, how are you making that, all them funny stories up? And I'm like, that's real you, shit. Like you just jumped on stage? Victor? Yes, yes. I had and, never been on stage in my life. I've never done nothing. And they so called what, my name and I was nervous. I was like, fuck. What did you talk but, about? Like how, how did that go down, man? So my my that. first jokes that I started talking about was because like you know how I said I had been in jail for a long time. So when I got out, I got out to the whole social media thing. Everybody was on fucking Facebook and Tinder. And I'm just like, I couldn't keep up with all these apps. What year did you get out? I'm sorry. I got out in 2014. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the internet was booming. You know, everything was like Tinder and fucking plenty of fish. And I'm just like, like, (laughs) fucking Christian Mingo. I'm not going to lie. It sounds funny, but I was on all those dating sites. (laughs) Blackpeoplemeet.com. I was trying to hook up, you know? Yeah, I was on all that shit. There you go. All right. I ain't com. You know, fuck it. I ain't mad at you, bro. Hell yeah. But, um, like, I fell in love with the stage. I fell in love with the stage. I fell in love with the... It became like a drug. uh, Like, the people laughing. and Like, oh, my God, it's so funny. And what really made me trip out more was because, like I said, I talk like a homie. I kick it like a homie. Like, I do everything I say, you know? Like, if I say I'm partying, I party, you know? 
And um, <laughs> when I go to clubs, people always think, because there's people who act like that, like a character, right? And uh, like I said, no knocking to nobody, but it's like me, I'm really living that shit. Like I'm out there partying, you know, I'm doing all that shit. <laughs> and they think it's a character. And I'm like, it's not a character. Like, bitch, I'm really on pro. And they'll be like, stop, you're not on pro. And I'll be like, real shit though. Like, you need to hide that container. I'm on parole. Like, we're going to jail. You fucking get caught with that shit, you know? Uh, uh-huh. It was it was cool. So I got into the whole comedy thing. Wow, and, that was uh, it, huh? Yeah, yeah, it just it just took off. From that, and from that point on, you're like, I want to do this again. I want, you know. Yes, I just wanted more, more, more. Wow. And Very um, cool. I met, a, I, I got, a, I got a chance to do big venues like the Comedy Store, Laugh Factory. I've done the Ice House. I've done fucking um, Terror Improv. I've done, I've got to, I got to hit a lot of spots, you know. Okay. And um, I got to meet a lot of comedians, and it's crazy because it's like a, like a little culture within itself, you know. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's like uh like it's like their own little government they have within themselves. And it's cool, you know, it's like everybody knows everybody. And I feel like as long as you're humble and you willing to work with people, people will fuck with you, you know, whether you're black, <laughs> white, whatever. They're, if you're funny, funny is funny, you know. Yeah, no doubt, bro. No doubt, man. Yeah. So what what um who are some uh influences then, man, for so pretty, pretty much as, with the whole, as far as stand-up whole, comedians. Yeah, so as far as, like, stand-up comedians, like, I've always, like, people always go, I like, I love, like, pretty much my culture, but, like, my really, really, really person that I look up to a lot would uh-huh. be, like, Dave Chappelle. I, I love his style, you know? Oh, Because yeah. it, it's, he's a funny-ass motherfucker, right? He is. But no as far as, like, our culture, like, Gilbert Escobillo, I like his style, too. It's cool. He's a homie. Like, the stuff he talks about, I like it. You know, there's, Different people that I like, I, I, I listen to it because that's what I do. I like to listen to different comedy styles. And there's okay. people from Texas. There's different, uh, este Johnny Villarreal. You know, I listened to him before, Juan okay. Villarreal. He's like okay. a old school comedian. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you heard of him. From Texas. I heard of Juan Villarreal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Juan Villarreal. So, este mm-hmm. Juan Villarreal, he's from Texas and he's just like me. Like, I've heard him. And he's a hood motherfucker, just like me. He goes back to his hood, kicks it in. You know, he, he's cool. <laughs> Which uh-huh. I can relate to, but I'm just thinking like, okay, I like his style, but I want it to be my style too, but just different, you know. Like I don't ever want to copy somebody, you know. So I just listen to stuff and sure. I'm like, okay, like that's a good topic, or you know, because comedy the way it is, it's like it's like a gun, you know. You can put different kind of bullets in a gun, but it's how and who's shooting that gun that pretty uh-huh. much makes it land, you know. Because you could have a good ass joke written by somebody that's super fucking funny. But if you're not funny, it's going to sound like shit, you know? I yeah. feel like... You got to be able to deliver that joke. Exactly, exactly. Because I've I've, right. I've I've said some funny shit, and then, like, I'll try to deliver it, and it just didn't sound right, or... But the good thing that I have is, like, from being in jail, I can look at... Like, I'll scout the crowd, and I'll be uh, like, okay, there's a lot of black people, so let's do something where we can both relate. There's a lot of I white see. people, let's do... I'll work, I'll work the room, or just different stuff, you know, and... Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I'm not a master at it, but I, I'm I'm getting better, and I love doing it. You know how they say, love love what you do, and you'll never work another day in your life. You know, that's exactly. my dream. That's my goal. You know, one hundred percent, man. You know, what are um, what are some of the uh, so what would you what advice would you give to a aspiring stand up comedian, man? Someone who wants to get into the game. They're they're they want to you know they're hungry. They're 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 motivated. What would you tell that individual, man? What, what, I, uh, going into I, it, 
I would say never give up, never give up and keep adding. And the thing is, I feel like um, go out there, go every chance you can go to an open mic. You know, when I first started, that's where I used to go. I used to go, I used to hit open mics everywhere. Mm-hmm. San Bernardino, the Marquis, I would hit, you know, um, the Hideaway Cafe in Riverside. And these are like totally out of my ordinary kind of kick spots. But I, like I met that, a lot of good, you know, I met a lot of good people. And, um, you know, like, I, I love the fact that, well, I, I mean, I've always been like that. I've always been somebody that's not scared to get out of my comfort zone, you know? So, if, and if I don't know somebody, I'll be like, hey, how you guys doing? My name's Victor. My name's Gumby. I'm the Gusto. I, I love I that, bro. Like, love yeah. that. So, I say to anybody who's trying to be into the, the comedy game, uh, be prepared for a drive. You know, just imagine driving to Vegas with so much gas. Like, you only have this much gas. Make sure that you minimize your stops, prepare a good fucking like you know starter kit, and uh, never stop like never stop learning and, and and socialize. You know network. I think that's the number one thing. You know, and uh, just wow. find yourself. I always tell comedians like find yourself. You know whether it's like a a character you want to be, you want to wear a beanie over your head. There's a lot of homies that are funny like that. You know, uh-huh. there's a lot of homies that 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 emphasize our culture, you know? And uh, even if, or even puppets, you want to use fucking puppets, use a fucking puppet. You want to talk about <laughs> socks, talk about socks. But find your niche, you know? That's what I say. Find it and just don't stop. And and, and get ready, because there's going to be a lot of fucking haters. There's going to be a lot of negative people. But look at it like, that's some, that means you're doing something good. Because yeah. I've only been doing this for like less than three years. And I've met a lot of good people. I've I've just been a lot of good doors open for me. And uh, I stay humble, man. Like, I still eat at the same spots. I still say kyo to my homies. I still flick it up. You know, like, I, I feel like that's where we're at. And um, I feel like, honest, like I'm saying, since we're talking about it, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I feel like my story can transcend. You know, I can be mm-hmm. one of those. Yeah, like, like you said, yeah, right. Like, because like I was in jail so so many years, you know. So I feel like I can use my experience because that's ultimate. Like, because we're talking about like we had talked about goals and all that. My mm-hmm. ultimate goal is because, like I said, I've always been who I am and I always be who I am. Never gonna change it because people have told me, "Hey, tone it down. Don't drink like that. Don't party like that." Or, or you made a fool out of yourself in that podcast. And I'm like, you know what? I want people to see that I'm going to make an ass out of myself just like they did. You know, sometimes mm. I drink too much. Sometimes you yeah. drink too much. Like, I don't right. ever want people to think I'm perfect. You know why? Because then they're going to have so high expectations that the minute that something happens, boom, let's drop that. Boom. I want me. people to accept me and embrace me for who I am, you know? You're just a and, human and being, right? Yeah. Exactly. I, like, I don't want you guys mm-hmm. to think I'm fucking some kind of superhero. I'm a regular homeboy working a regular job with a fucking you know how they say I'm a I'm a ordinary person trying to do extraordinary things, you know. And, yeah. and like they say, it's just a little extra that's gonna make the difference. And you know, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that, you, that exact quote, you know who you said where I remember Bernie Mac? You know Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bernie Mac, yeah. I read that once. He said funny that ass one, Yeah, rest in peace, right? And he said, I'm just an Yeah, he was a funny-ass motherfucker. Yeah, he was gone. He was one of the greats, right? Hall of Famer. Exactly. Said, Burning Mac. Oh, guys, they were good. Yeah, he said, uh, I'm an extraordinary... I'm an ordinary man. Ordinary man. With an extraordinary job. You know, he was... Exactly. And, and it's the best job you could think of. I actually met 
a comedian and he was a real famous guy and uh, he told me you know what uh there's doctors that do heart surgery they say damn i could never do your job and the homie gilbert was like i'm a comedian anybody could say you know my, do my job but he goes you save lives and they told the homeboy gilbert like you save lives too laughter saves people you know yeah and, man. yeah yeah and it, it, it sucks that's great not, that's right powerful like, powerful yeah yeah in our society we're we're getting too sensitive we're getting too soft like you know it's fucked up you can't talk about nothing because you get banned you get 86 and it's it's, right, a, right. it's a it's a i mean i get it we have to have certain boundaries but I feel like in comedy, we should be able to make fun of ourselves or, or certain oh, yeah. things we can relate to, right? Because that's, that's the point of being human, being able to laugh at our own mistakes, you know? 100%, brother, 100%. What are some um, some struggles that you, you mentioned a little bit that, you know, when you're, when you're in the game, when you're coming up, um, you're going to have adversity, you're going to have challenges. Oh, yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about some of those Adversity, some of those issues you've had, man, some challenges you've had coming yeah. up in the game, Victor. So coming up in the whole comedy game, or just like, just even like, just uh, like I said, I'm not big. I'm not a big name like that, but I've done big shows and right, like, right. been on different platforms. And what messes me up is that, like I said, I'm an everyday guy. You know, sometimes I like to party, you know, with the homies and kick it. And I forget, you know, and that's my number one fucker, but I'm focusing more <laughs> on it now. But, you know, sometimes you get a couple of shots in you and you're like, fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> and I've been caught on camera over drinking or there was a certain spot or situation where they were like, hey, you know, like, and you have to remember that you have promoters and these people will cut you off. Obviously, like, I can't talk about who cut me off and all that, but yeah. there were certain things that I did that they'll be like, hey, you know what? Like, we can't fuck with you no more. Like, out the back, they won't fuck with you. I've been thrown uh -huh. out of clubs. Like, I did a show at the Scientology uh, Center. Uh -huh. Like, they literally threw me out. Like, the promoter was like, what the fuck you doing with my committee? Like, he's one of my guys, you know? They didn't even let me, like, they were like, get out. You know, and there's there's been, like, I did wow. a show at the Hard Rock Cafe. Same thing. The thing is, I used to do drugs, you know? So I went on stage and I was talking about, like, smoking crack and you know smoking you know partying with hookers or whatever you know just whatever it is i was just pretty much like telling the story of how i used to party and okay. uh the guy was like oh my god bro you're fucking funny as fuck ooh, ooh. but we can't have you come back and i'm just like why he's like yeah well it's just the way you look and what you're talking about could offend somebody and we can't take that chance you know? it's Gosh. crazy and these are big dogs like these are big names and i'm like you know what it's, it's all good you know, wow. like my struggle is I like I I'm not a clean comedian and a clean comedian could sit here and do a clean set. I've always struggled because because, like I said, I'm hood. And I mean, yeah. I, I want to one day be able to do that. But that's what gets me in trouble is my mentality, you know, because I take too much shots sometimes or I might be dancing on stage or just doing some stupid shit, you know, because that's how I grew up. You know, that's how yeah, I yeah. party. But just, just a real Dude, man. Yeah, I'm just, just a real you, guy you, having a good time, you know. You're not gonna fake the funk, man. That's, right, and, uh, and and that's what I always tell people. Like this, a couple of promoters, like I said, cut me, and they're like, "Oh, we can't fuck with you." And I was like, "You know, that's uh, cool." But I told them at the end of the day, I know somebody's gonna see me and be like, oh, "I can fuck with this fool. Like this fool's real. He's funny." And like I said, I'm a humble person. And like I said, I have goals. You know, people think, "Oh, you know, he's just gonna do that and that's it." But it's not. My my 
to me, this is just my beginning. Because like I said, I, my story is a crazy story. You know, I went from juvenile hall to camp, YA. I was in a fucking mental home. Like I was all fucked up. I, I went through some shit. And what I want to ultimately use it is, is I want to transcend that bad experience to comedy, right? Because I'm making fun of it now. I'm talking about making funny shit in jail, different shit, right? Talking about jail, lot, all that. A lot of material, huh? <laughs> exactly. But my ultimate goal is to be a motivational speaker. Like, I want to go up there and say speeches. Like, I want to go to oh, colleges. Man. You know, that's my ultimate goal, is to be a motivational speaker, to go to, like, you know, University of Cal State LA and these colleges and be able to go up to kids and tell them, hey, you know what? Like, my ethnic background, my education, my just my even my social status is irrelevant. What is relevant is that I've overcame a series yeah. of events that I shouldn't have overcame. And yeah. you, as graduates, are going to deal with that same shit. Unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. But here I am, like, in front of you guys, like, telling you guys anything is possible. Because here I am, you know? I, I And that's my ultimate goal, is to be, like, uh, like a motivational speaker and to speak in front of, like, huge crowds, you know? And, and, and I, I know I'm going to get there, you know? Because as long as I can keep a positive attitude and keep preaching, not even preaching, but just practicing what I preach, you know? Yeah, so somebody's gonna give me that break. It's gonna come, you know. Oh man, that, I love it, man. I love it. I was gonna ask you what what motivates you at this point in your in your life, Victor. But it sounds like that's one of the, the motivations, man. Those your goals, your your yeah. your vision. You know, the fact that you want to be a motivational speaker. That's something that I think that you would motivate. Yeah. It probably motivates you, right? And obviously, your family, your kids. Um, but exactly. it, what else motivates you at this point in life? Uh, I, I just always, like I said, um, there's a uh, different stuff that I learned, you know, and like I said, it's, it's fucked up, but I learned like at a young age that I could always speak good. I mean, I might not be the smartest. I don't have a good education. I have nothing, but I've noticed even when I was in jail, people would kick with me and, and I, I, I would use my talent for bad. You know, I would rally up the troops and be like, Hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's hoop bang. You know, even in camp, I'd be like, fuck that. Let's let's go against this. So I, I little by little, I started getting a passion for being that that role model, that leader, you know. And even though uh, it was in a messed up situation, the I skills were there. The like, skills were there. Exactly. I started thinking, what if I could use it for something positive? You know, all that, yeah. the negative, yeah. you know, and, and, and you get a lot of good knowledge. Like people call me about certain crimes and I'll be like, hey, you know what? Maybe you might want to kick back on that. You know what I mean? Don't do that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, because you uh, learn from experience, you know? You learn being around these people. And at the end of the day, like I said, it motivates me because I feel like I was listening to this motivational... I love listening to speeches, right? And one of my yeah. favorite speech is one called Make Your Bed, you know? Because most people, you know, wake up in the morning, fuck my bed, I ain't gonna make that shit. But this speech tells you pretty much like it's a Navy SEAL speech, right? And they're talking about what how they prepare, right? And they're talking about these guys that are on the tall man crew, this guy, right? And the midget, there's you know, no disrespect to nobody short, but the people who are called the little guys, the little let's think of little guys, right? The little guys, all the big guys would make fun of the little guys because of their flippers. But if you really it, the guy, the whole point of the story is that he's saying. Even though these guys were taller, stronger than the shorter guys, the shorter guys always ran faster, swam faster, did everything faster, right? And he uh -huh. says, never measure a guy by the size of his flippers. 
measure mm-hmm. that guy by the size of his heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it just little things like that motivate me. Like I love listening to people who, who've gone through so much and can turn it around to a positive, you know, and, and speak to multitudes because I feel like my story can hit, you know, because nobody thought I would be here. You know, I didn't even think I would be here, you know, and now that I'm here on your platform and I've been on so many other platforms, I'm like, damn, like, I never knew I was so interesting. I never knew because, you know, you grow up and you, everybody tells you, you ain't good for shit. You're only a jailbird. But yeah. now that I'm in the spotlight and people look up to me and message me, I'm just like, yeah. damn, like, I'm it's pretty great, interesting man. kind of guy, you know? Yeah, no, shit. Well, yeah, man. I, you know, you hit it right on the head, Victor. I mean, yeah, you got a great story, man. I, I yeah, you, you like. Uh, I would love to see you out in the public speaking circuit, man, and the yeah. motivational speaker circuit, telling your story, bro. That, that's one. You know, you you have a you have every uh, you have all the credibility in the world, man, to to be one to say, you know, hey, you know, you can turn your life around. You can do this, yeah. do whatever you know you you set your mind to, and et cetera, et cetera, man. Exactly. So, exactly. I think that's, yeah, man. Um, what uh, what so what's what's uh next for you, Victor? At this point, man, you know what? what how big do you want to take this com- comedy thing? And what are some goals that you have for yourself, man? So pretty much my goal, uh, what I'm working on, I'm working on different stuff. But um, I like I said, I'm always looking and listening to where I could expand myself and better myself. You know, so for one, I'm uh, I'm reading a book by uh, Dale Carnegie. It's called uh, how to be a, a motive, how to be a better public speaker. You know how to master oh. the art of public speaking because I want, nice. like I said, I want to be a public speaker. So I'm getting yeah. ready now, right? And uh, that's one. So I'm already working on that. I'm also working on because I was gonna have somebody write a book for me, and I was in the process of selling my story. But then I was like, you know what? Like, ain't nobody gonna be able to tell my story like mine. You know, like me. And I don't want nobody yeah. switching something up, or you know, like I don't want none of that propaganda. I want it to be genuine. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm going to I'm actually working on an audio book that I'm going to release and do everything myself. So I'm oh, working shit. on that. Yeah, I'm going I'm nice. to. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just all stuff that I'm doing. And I'm starting off with a little $50 recorder straight out of my house, you know, with an iPad and boom, you know, and I feel like people can learn from me, whether it's like, you know, people say, you know, you glorify that shit. But at the end of the day, I feel like some kid that's gonna do something stupid maybe could hear my story and be like damn you know maybe like yeah. i shouldn't take that path you know maybe absolutely just kick back you know but as far as my comedy i i, I want to go full force you know I, I want my ultimate dream is to go like either like netflix or something like that mm. you know just just to be able to be not only mainstream but to be able to say hey you know what somebody from the hood made it and just be able to mingle and give back to the, you know, the community, you know, give back to our culture, you know, whether it's, you know, my city, El Monte, whatever city, you know, just yeah. if you're like me and been like me, whether you're black, 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 white, or brown, like I'm gonna look out, you know, because that's who I am, you know. Absolutely, man. No, I, I can't wait to see your your journey continue, man, and uh, ascend into the, the stratosphere, brother. It's gonna be fun to watch. And uh, thank you, I appreciate it. Of course, man. No, man, you inspire me, brother. I appreciate you, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's like I said, I I love being on these places because you never know. It could be like you're saying, it could be on this one thing. What was it called Ruko or like somebody might? I didn't even know about that. You putting me up on game, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, Roku, man. I I I first time I mentioned this, and 
I haven't mentioned it anywhere on my Instagram or anything. And yeah, so I'm saying it, yeah. it's, it's a it's a new new thing for everybody, you know. And like I said, it could be somebody who's having a bad day and be like, "Fuck, I'm fucking want to do this and that," and maybe exactly. hear my podcast and be like, or my segment and be like, "Oh shit," you know. Like yeah. like I always tell people, don't think your life is bad because there's people who've had it worse, you know, or going through some more shit, you know. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, I like the way you. you your perspective is amazing, brother, and the way you frame everything. Thank you. You spin everything. Yeah, everything's a positive with you, man, and that's hard. Try. To do. Yeah, it's not easy to do. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's hard. Like, like I said, I'm human. I, I still got that person who I was in jail is still in me. You know, I just I learned to deal with it. I I deal with my demons, and like I said, I'm not perfect. I still battle addictions. You know, alcoholism. I still have. I still have my flaws. But then again, who doesn't? You know, that's how I always tell people. You know, you you might stop drinking, but then you become a, a workout fanatic, or you might stop is... being a hooker and then you become an escort. You know, just <laughs> at the end of the day, you know how they say, "Be the best you you could be." You know, fuck it. That's what I always tell people. Absolutely, man. I got I got some uh, last couple of questions here, man. Before we go, yeah, uh, let's do it. I like that. I like to do this little rapid fire sometimes with my guests. So. Yeah, shoot it. Favorite food. Uh, my favorite food uh, would be like dish. It would be huevos a la ranchera with salsa verde, like the tomatillo, with mm -hmm. two enchiladas, rice and beans. Fire, mm -hmm. right? I eat that shit every day. Or torta de <laughs> milanesa. Either of those, those two. Fire. Hey, right you, you been to Tito's right there in South in Almani? Oh, that's just fire. Right? Just fire oh. as fuck, yeah. First damn. time I tried it, I was like, God damn, how much, so much flavor is coming out of this little ass store. Like, <laughs> they got some fire up in there. That's good shit. Oh, uh, yeah, bro. F favorite type of music? Uh, favorite type of music? I Well, like, I love a lot of different music because I love to dance. Anybody see me, I'm yeah. always on TikTok. I'm on all that bullshit. I've I seen you, bro. Dance. Yeah, yeah. I, I, love, I love to be a kid. You know, I'm like, my daughter's all into that TikTok shit, and I'm in that shit, too. <laughs> but um, I, I love funk. I love funk. Like, I love anything that's going to make me feel good, you know? Cumbias. Fucking, uh, I, I like Juan Graviel, all that shit, you know? Oh, I love it. Days, that, I'm just pumping. Yeah, right? Hell it's yeah. It's one of those days, you know? Dude. Favorite TV show growing up? My favorite TV show growing up was this day, uh, Married with Children. That was my favorite, favorite oh. show. I mean, I watched a lot of them, like uh, stay, The Wonder Years, Small Wonder, but oh, I loved yeah. Married with Children. I felt like that that pretty much molded everything, you know, Simpsons, King of the Hill, everything. Yeah. Married with Children, you know? That was it. You're right, man. You're right. Yeah. Favorite, uh, favorite movie? My favorite, favorite, favorite movie that I could watch like all the time would be uh, Step Brothers. I love Step Brothers. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, he's, I, and that guy, Gary Sanchez, he's a, he's a director, I think it is. He, yeah. I love the, the movies he makes, mm -hmm. the other guys, all the movies he's done, it's funny as fuck. And uh, I just love like the ending, you know, because it's like funny, but then it gets to, you know, and it's weird. You know, because they're like oh, hugging, man. they never yeah, hug. Yeah. And then Will Ferrell sings at the end. I love that fucking song at the end. I was just like, damn. That's a classic movie, brother. Yeah, it's a good movie. You can never go wrong with that one. Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. Hey, last one, bro. Favorite sports team? Okay, so my favorite sports team, I got to keep a gangster. I love the Raiders, man. I, I got into the okay. Raiders thing. and I mean, even though we, we don't win a lot and... It's been like since 1983, but you know, <laughs> the way I always tell people when I go to hey. comedy shows is like, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm not going to go to jail alone. There's somebody going to go to jail for me, you know? 
I fucking active, you know? Oh, uh, so, yeah. Hey, hey, man, you're loyal to your team, brother. Like, the Dodgers. Yeah, got to loyal to the soil. Hell yeah. Exactly, brother. Hey, man, I want to thank you again, Victor, for coming on. And anytime, man. Hey, whenever you want me to come on, I'll come on anytime, though. Ahí estamos. I, uh, thank you, brother. And you know what, man? This I, I mentioned to you that I might come out Friday. I totally uh, forgot I'm going to be out of town. But, uh, okay, okay. You, I'm gonna see you, man, live, man. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you want to go to a show, let me know. I hook it up. I got you. Oh, oh, okay. One hundred percent, brother. One hundred percent. So, oh, real quick before you go, where can people find you? Go ahead okay. and plug your stuff, man. So my uh, Instagram is Young Beef's Comedy. My Facebook, Young Beef, Young Beef's Comedy. My TikTok, Young Beef's Comedy. And uh, this Friday, I'm gonna have a show in LA. It's uh, the all the info is gonna be in my Instagram, and uh, the tickets are on Eventbrite. Uh, and this day, July 3rd, I'm gonna have a big old comedy show in the city of Ontario. It's uh, it's called Marisco's Baja Grill. It's uh, it's actually on uh, in the city of Pomona, Ontario, right? All the yeah. info is gonna be in my este Instagram and Facebook, también. but I'm gonna add a good little twist because you know how they have the prices, right? So I'm going to do something for like the homies. I'm going to call it the Cholo prices, right? You know, it's going to be like me, Bob Barker, calling motherfuckers coming up and oh. having a good time, you know? It's going to be good. I'm going to have some good comedians. Uh, the seated entertainer is going to be me. And they're going to have uh, funk music, uh, DJs. It's, it's going to be cracking. And oh, then yeah. uh, July 17th, I'm going to have a show on Whittier. It's going to be for the, it's, it's actually an a event to sponsor East LA Sheriffs, you know, and, and I took the event because I want people to see that, you know, like people think I wouldn't perform for people like that, but you know, at the end of the day, they're just, they're just like us, you know, they, they just want to have a good time, release some stress. And yeah. I've done shows for cops and it's a funny story. The first time I did it, I was like, what the fuck? Who's the audience? And they're all fucking hoodas. I'm like, God damn, I'm fucking loaded. <laughs> I got a little bag. I got a bolsita right here, but they're a cool <laughs> fuck, you know. Like, I, I don't, I don't have nothing against these dudes, man. As long as they pay me, it's a funny show. Fuck it, you that's know? it, bro. It's it's it. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, there you have Victor Zapata, Young Beef's comedy. Yeah. Check him out this coming Friday and beyond, man. He's got some really good shows coming up July third, as he just mentioned. So, um, go follow him. Go check out his yeah. TikTok. Is uh, oh, hey, Instagram. Thanks again, Victor. I appreciate you, brother. You're always welcome back here, bro. Let's do this. Yeah, thing. anytime. I estamos. Part two, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. There. Thank you for having me. You guys, have everybody, have a good night. Absolutely. Have a good night, man. There you have it, Young Bees, my man, Victor Zapata. Go check him out. Once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in here on YouTube. If you're listening on the audio platforms, if you're on Roku. Pod TV, thank you so much for checking in and checking out this podcast. So don't forget to leave a rate and review, all that good stuff. Follow me on Instagram. I love the feedback. We will see you guys next time here on Profile Pod TV with Double A for Victor Zapata. Always remember. Oh yeah. Get eat. Oh yeah. <laughs>